What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 186, and it's one of our prestigious Patreon poll winning episodes. Uh, every month, our patrons get to pick a game that I've never played before that you all want to hear me talk about on the podcast, and then that's exactly what we do. And January poll winner was Secret of Mana, the SNES action RPG that I've heard so much about, but I've never played before. I did try it when I first got my SNES Classic when it came out, and it just never really sunk its claws into me, uh, but this time I went for broke. For the record, I did end up buying the collection of Mana on the Nintendo Switch, or whatever the fuck it was called. I ended up playing the SNES game, but I played it on my Nintendo Switch. RPGs are just so much better when they're portable. I just, like, I'll, like... Uh, by and large old school rpgs for sure anyway uh so i'll get into what i thought about it a little bit later in the podcast but i guess kind of as a bit of a teaser i like i hated so much about it but i still loved it if that makes sense like it did a ton of little things that fucking drove me crazy but every time i sat down and played it i'd put a couple hours into it i always had a great time and if a game is fun uh, I can overlook a lot of the problems that I have with it. And at the end of the day, yeah, Secret of Mana is just really, really fun. It's a fun video game. Uh, my buddy Keegs, who you may remember from the Final Fantasy X episode, makes his triumphant return to the podcast this week. And honestly, like, we were, like, if you're a Secret of Mana fan, listen, like, we were both pretty critical of Secret of Mana. We both had a lot of complaints about it, but we wrap it all up by saying we both really enjoyed it anyway. There's nothing bad about Secret of Mana. Well, there's one thing that irritates me, but there's just a lot of like little things that I was like, well, why would you do this? And why would you do this? And why would you do this? But at the end of the day, none of it mattered because the game was just really, really fun. Uh, and we're going to get there in just a minute because speaking of enjoying something despite constantly complaining about it, it's time for another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long, but they're fun. Our intros are like a really bad movie that you just watch every time you see it on TV, despite its badness, because you know it's comforting. That's Our intros are comforting. That's the way to put it. That's what it is. Uh, we have merchandise. We have hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, posters, all kinds of cool stuff. You can check it out at rememberthegamepodcast.com. If you are interested, it's a great way to support the show. And show uh, our resident artist, Joe, some love. You can check him out at 4545creative.com. Very talented motherfucker. And I'm appreciative of all the work he does for me. Uh, and of course, if you don't like clothes... Which, and who does? Uh, I'm recording this naked right now. You can always consider just supporting us on Patreon. It's only two bucks a month. And in exchange for that two bucks, you're going to get two additional podcasts every week. You'll get exclusive access to my gaming news podcast, Game Patch, every Friday, where I spend about an hour looking at all the biggest news in modern gaming each week. I add in my opinions and profanities and sales picks and stuff like that. And then Expansion Pass, you'll get a new episode every Thursday. And it's a different podcast every week. I do game rankings. I, we look back at characters and cons. Consoles. We do some comedy episodes. There's game reviews, all kinds of fun stuff in there. Uh, this past week on Expansion Pass, I actually reviewed Nobody Saves the World, which is an action RPG from the nerds that made the Guacamelee games, which are both fucking excellent, by the way. And as is becoming tradition during the intro, here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass, my spoiler-free Nobody Saves the World review. Oh. 
Like the exploration is fun. The combat is is really the the combat is a one B to the shape shifting. But at the end of the day, like the key to this game is being able to shape into shift ship shape shift into all these different characters. Um, like I said, there's 15. I won't spoil all of them because I didn't know what all of them were right away, and it was kind of fun to like figure a few of them out as you went. Um, but the, the, the first one you unlock is a rat and you basically unlock that in the first 90 seconds of the game. So like, I don't feel like that's spoiling anything. So then you can transform from this little skinny stick man style looking nobody, uh, into a rat and he still has the same eyes. And that's the cool thing is you can tell it's nobody. He still has these same big black beady eyes, but now instead of being this little wiener looking pasty white naked man, uh, you're this blue rat with giant teeth who looks kind of badass and you're tiny, but you can rip around on the map. Um, so a couple of the other forms, you can, you can turn into a zombie. You can turn into a mermaid. You can turn into an egg, just a plain, what are you having for breakfast? Eggs, egg. Um, there's 15 different forms. I won't spoil all of them, but it's really creative. No two forms play the same. No two forms look the same. So that was last week's episode. And just if you like game reviews, we have a ton of them in our Expansion Pass archives. And they're all spoiler-free. Modern games, all spoiler-free reviews. Uh, so that was last week. And now for this week, it's episode 99. And we're going to talk about the best video game soundtracks ever, which has been one of our most requested topics since we launched Expansion Pass two fucking years ago. I can't believe we've been doing two years of these. Uh, so that should be a lot of fun. Uh, so again, two bucks gets you two additional podcasts every week, plus instant access to about 200 archived bonus podcasts plus you can join our discord you get the chance to vote in our patreon poll at the beginning of every month you get to submit comments to be read on our podcasts and you get a shout out here on remember the game and get to hear me mispronounce your name just like i'm about to do to most of these people a huge thank you to all of our newest patrons Nexrad, hank one jacob liebner Angie R, Jason Betin, Bet, Betiniski, sorry Jason, Christopher Tiki, Stud Still Smash, Hermit Fox, The Trilogy Force, Ben Oatman, David Hulk, Jeff Hamrick II, Unica Toxic, Philip S, Scott Chapus, Chapus, Chapui, 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 Scott Chapui. Sorry, Scott. Aaron Day, Brad Richardson, Rodney Ballantine, Rose Noise, Luis Osuna, and Chris and Cole. Thank you all so, so much. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries, patreon.com slash remember the game. And just to wrap up my sales pitch, that's your last sales pitch for Patreon this week. Uh, don't forget that 5% of my Patreon every month is going to be donated to my Remember the Children 24-hour charity stream at the end of the year, which is going to the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton. Uh, so every month that you sign up and get some extra podcasts, I'm throwing a couple bucks to the kids to help them out as well patreon.com slash remember the game and you can find me on twitch i get on there i'm trying to get on there more frequently lately uh go to twitch.tv and look for member the game not remember the game member the game and you can come by and see my stupid face and give me a hard time and i'll give you a hard time back and it's lots of fun and that's enough blowing myself let's blow some of you by blowing in some cartridges it is our opening segment here on the show every week i read a few comments and questions from our patrons usually gaming related but not always and we call this segment blowing in the cartridge he blows all right he blows big time that's it honey get into the spirit 
Let's blow our first blower this week is Brian Medeiros, who wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, I've been a loyal listener since the pandemic started. I'm so happy I found your podcast, man. This will be my first time writing in, and I'll try my best to keep it short. I simply want to echo what someone else already said in a previous podcast. Dude, play fucking Soul Blazer. It's a criminally underrated SNES game that I know you'll love. High quality game and one many people cherish. Personally, it's in my top five best SNES games of all time. Give it a Google search, and hopefully you'll be moved enough to cover it one day. All the best, dude, Brian. You know what? I Almost every week here I'm blowing in the cartridge, I get at least one, you should try playing this. And I don't write them off. I don't ignore them. Um, my backlog has grown to, it's, it's going to, if it falls on me, it's going to kill me. So I don't commit to playing every game that I see on here. And for the record, I'm not committing to playing Soul Blazer yet. But first of all, I just want to say, yeah, Brian, you've been in this community for years. And that's your first time writing in. Dude, write in more. Fucking come in, write in and tell me I suck. Do something. I appreciate I appreciate it. I want to see your face or your name more at least. Uh, I did look up Soul Blazer and uh, I was thinking this was a fighting game, but I'm thinking of Soul Calibur. I looked up Soul Blazer and I'm not going to sit here and promise I'm going to play it right away, but I won't lie. It does look like it kind of looks up my alley. It looks fucking awesome, actually. I It looks very retro and I just, I have such a fetish for fucking retro video games. There's just something about seeing like the, I don't know what it is about them. I, I don't know how to explain it. There's just some games. Shinobi 3 on the Genesis is one I think of. That when I look at it, I'm just like, that's fucking retro gaming right there. And that's what this one looks like. So I'm not committing to playing it right away, but I won't lie to you. Soul Blazer's got my attention. I'll put it on my I'll put it on, on my someday list. I promise. I'll put it on my someday list. Thank you for writing in, Brian, and thank you for all of the support. James Floyd wrote in and said, Hey Adam, I actually have a question about comedy. What was it like to start up as a stand-up? When did you decide, all right, maybe I can actually make people laugh? And what prompted you to try it out? Thanks. I love the show. And Sonic Adventure 2 isn't that bad. James, yes, it is. And if you're trying to be a comedian by saying it isn't, you should fucking be on Netflix because that game, fuck that game. But anyway, um, what started, what convinced me to try being a stand-up comedian? I've always like tried to be the funny guy. I think people that have known me for a long time would be like, it's almost it can be kind of obnoxious because I'm that guy that like, no matter what's going on, I am probably going to try to make a stupid joke, uh, much to the chagrin of some people at times. Um, and my girlfriend and I used to go to comedy clubs here in Canada. There's a chain called yuck yucks. And we used to go to yuck yucks all the time, uh, just for fun. We just go watch the comedians. And I always would like leave and be like, and I'd never felt like about anything else. I never felt like I could do that. Like when I see someone doing any other job, I'm like, they're probably better at that job than me. But I used to watch comedians and I was like, I know I could fucking do that. And then uh, I was working at Uline and I fucking hated that job so much. And that was, I was 32. And that was what convinced me to be like, you know what? I'm just going to try it because I'm sick of this. I just want to see if I can do it. And I did my first set and uh, people will say I didn't bomb, but I think I ate a dick, which is, yeah, I bombed pretty hard. And uh, I still really had a good time. So I went back and I went back and I went back and I went back and it just kind of, took off from there. I just got very fortunate, but, uh, that's what prompted me to try stand up was just hating my day job. And what made me think that I could do it. I've just always thought that it's always been like the one thing talking and trying to be funny has always been like the one thing that I've been able to that in math. I'm pretty good at math, but other than that, like English, social studies, science, fucking anything with my hands, sports, athletics, looking good, working out, fucking anything else. I'm pretty bad at cooking. I'm terrible at fucking cooking. Uh, boy, I can talk. And that's kind of where I got started. So I hope that answers your question, James. Thank you for writing in, my friend. Silver Grunion 
wrote in and said, hey, Adam, do graphics still matter? In the 90s, it felt like every console was judged based on their graphics, the infamous bit wars. However, in 2022, it feels like indie games with tiny and often simple sprites are held to the same esteem as the big boy games like Cyberpunk 2077. I feel like the popularization of indie games and developers have opened gamers to a much broader scope of opinion where games aren't solely judged on looks, but rather how they play. Avast, what say you? <laughs> that sounds, ahoy, arr. Uh, yeah, I agree. You guys know I've got a, an indie game obsession. I just, I just, I've always, I think Rogue Legacy was the first indie game I played that I really got into. And that just kicked the door down for me. And I love, I quite frankly, like not always, but if, if you were to put like a brand new AAA shiny fucking 3D high resolution 4K cell shaded, blah, 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 whatever the fuck it's called game in front of me or put a game like Shovel Knight or Celeste or the messenger or like one of those types of like the old school kind of like sprite based graphics indie games in front of me and ask me which one do I want to play honestly most of the time I'm probably going to go with the indie game I think the reason people are looking upon them so highly and so fondly is because so many of us are are like me I'm almost 40 years old we grew up playing the NES the SNES the Genesis those old school games so we've got an attachment to that art style and now to see modern gamers game developers who grew up playing those games making those games but with modern hardware where they can run faster and get rid of the slowdown and add better backgrounds and new game effects and more music and stuff like like that um i think it makes it really special and i absolutely think that games aren't solely judged on looks anymore i do think there are still people in that mentality where graphics are always going to be their number one uh judge of a game which i i personally i mean hey like you like what you like you know but i i personally have always been of the belief as i literally just said and as you're gonna hear in the secret of mana episode if a game is fun i can look past just about everything else i could give a fuck about popping textures and what the grass in this field looks like or how real the water looks sure like i'm playing horizon forbidden west right now and it's fucking stunning i like modern good looking fancy games as much as the next person but make a game fun and i feel like with some of those old sprite based games or the indie games that are based on those old sprite based games not only are they playing to our sense of nostalgia with the art style but they don't have to spend all their time making the fucking water look great and the leaves blow properly in the wind and stuff so they can focus more on just making the game fun which should all that should matter so uh yeah i do think that we're hitting a point where like if if you're in that realm if you are a horizon forbidden west or a forza horizon 5 a game where the graphics are one of the selling points of the game sure then i get how we need to focus on that but like unless the game is like specifically marketing itself as this gorgeous looking blah 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 i don't really care what it looks like just make it play fun and i do think not everyone is getting there but i do think some gamers are of that mentality and i think indie games have played a huge role in that so god bless indie gaming god i love indie games thank you for writing in silver grunion gus bus wrote in and said uh, what's the origin story of hot dogs i ate some today and it got me thinking uh i explain this every few months not giving you shit gus bus i like to keep people up because i know we get new listeners all the time they're like why are you calling us hot dogs you piece of shit uh i was streaming super mario brothers the lost levels which if you don't know is fucking a notoriously difficult it was the original super mario brothers 2 there's a whole backstory there most of you probably know it, blah, blah 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 but it's a very difficult mario brothers game and i was streaming it and on my twitch streams you get like the points when you watch 
Twitch streamers, uh, like a lot of Twitch streamers, it'll give you points for the time you watch. And then you can spend the points on like worthless, like no value, but just perks or like little rewards and little fun things in the game and or on the stream. And one of mine is you can make it so that I can't swear for 10 minutes or whatever the fuck it is. And then, so you, you pay, you pay your points and then I, I can't, uh, I, I, I can, there's no reward, but I try not to swear for 10 minutes. And I was swearing that I'm like a motherfucker because I kept dying at lost levels. And then uh, makeshift money, one of the OG members of our community spent his points and said, I couldn't swear for 10 minutes. And I said, fine, I'll play by the rules. I won't swear for 10 minutes, but at the end of the 10 minutes, I'm going to light your ass up. And then at the end of the 10 minutes, I just dropped every fucking swear word I could think of on him. And at the end, I just happened to call him a hot dog. It just was the thing that came into my mind and it just kind of stuck. And, uh, that is, that's the origin. I think there might be a clip of it over on my Twitch channel, but I'm not hundred percent on that. I think there is. Um, but that's where it started was just me. Yeah. I just got mad and called one of the listeners a hot dog because he said I couldn't swear while I was playing a horror video game. That's that's what it is. Uh, thank you for writing in, Gus Bus. I hope you enjoyed your hot dogs. Jason Betineski, whose last name I think I'm fucking up, wrote in and said, found your podcast recently. I love it. I've been going through the back catalog. Thank you, Jason. Back in episode 162, you covered Skate or Die. As a lifelong skateboarder, back in the 80s, we had little to no skating games and little to no movies, so we took what we could get. And I hate to say it, but you tore away the veal of nostalgia, and I could see just how bad that game really is. Thank you for saving me from embarrassing myself by defending it any longer. Well, I won't defend the game. I will defend their inclusion of the pool joust minigame, something you were wondering about why it was even in there in the first place the year before skater die was released there was a movie called thrashing that featured a scene where two rival skaters faced off in sort of a half pipe joust and tried to knock each other off their boards with what looked like boxing speed bags on chains it was an embarrassing scene in an embarrassing movie that ended up getting included in an embarrassing video game but that's why it was there keep up the great work Thank you for writing that in, Jason. That actually does, because like all the other events in that game kind of make sense. And then I was like, since when do skateboarders joust in fucking pools? But I guess ever since the movie called Thrashing, which I won't lie to you, I've never heard of before, but that sounds awesome. Try to knock each other off their boards in a half pipe with boxing speed bags on chains. That sounds fucking, man, that's fucking, I wonder if Tony Hawk has ever done that. Or does he just do lots of spins in the, anyway, it doesn't matter. But thank you for writing that in, Jason. I'm, I learned something today couple more here. We'll move on. Kaiser Dragon wrote in and said, Hey dude, hope you and your family are doing well. In last week's episode of Game Patch, where the audio chimes in, uh, you gave us the game that comes to mind when you hear the sound clip for each segment. So just quickly to cut into Kaiser Dragon's message here. Yeah, on Game Patch, my gaming news show, when I get to the PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo sections, I play the original PS1 load-up chime, the original Xbox load-up chime, and the GameCube load-up chime to kind of trigger the section. So... Uh, Kaiser Dragon wrote in and said during the uh, continues and says during the the PlayStation chime you mentioned that you love how the sound brings itself back in at the end then fades away again then you imagine the Final Fantasy 7 title screen coming up next I'm exactly the same when I hear it but for me it's one of two either the Capcom logo being lasered out of the golden slab followed by the eerie music as the camera sneaks up the corridor to the unsuspecting Chris Redfield and attacks him or Metal Gear Solid's Konomi chime do 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 I do love that. Can you hear it too? I can. I'm interested what other titles you always put to the front of the line in your mind when you hear other iconic console startup chimes. Do you have one for the Game Boy's coin drop, the Xbox 360's chime, or even a game company's logo animation? I sure do. This is just another testament of how powerful nostalgia is and how it makes us feel when we hear the themes and sounds and put them together with our gaming memories. God damn, I love gaming. Me fucking too, Kaiser Dragon. There are a couple more I had to think about. The PS. I actually went to YouTube and watched the system load up chimes and then it was like, what game comes to mind the ps2 
load up time uh, makes me think of Twisted Metal Black, which is probably still my favorite PS2 game. It certainly was forever. I played the fuck out of Twisted Metal Black. Uh, the Xbox 360 load up time, I just think of playing NHL. Because that was when I was really into my... I was playing a ton of NHL. Like, just year after year after year. The Game Boy coin, I think, is Super Mario Land fucking right away. Uh, yeah. I love those. I wish there was still a thing that game develop. I guess they kind of do. But I don't really watch those, like, load-up chimes. Any. Like, they're not... I don't know what it is about them. Like, I used to pay attention to them. Like, you turn it on and you'd go. But now it's like you're not really paying attention until you're into, like, your home screen menu. So, like, the, the load-up chime doesn't matter as much. But, yeah, those are nostalgic as fuck, man. Ham and Egger wrote in and said, I know you've mentioned lately that you and your girlfriend are playing It Takes Two. I recently started playing this game with my eight-year-old daughter. I really had no idea how much I'd enjoy this game. The way it forces you to play with someone and work together as a team is so creative and unique. I realized the other night that I was in the middle of a moment that many years from now would make me smile and wish I could get back to what I was doing right at this moment. I was wondering if you ever had a similar experience while enjoying this little hobby of ours with someone special. Um, you know what? I didn't realize it at the time, but I have two. Two moments that I, I look back on. I'm like, I wish I could come back and do this again. Number one is playing uh, Super Mario, new Super Mario Bros. Wii with my nephew Ben when he was like three or four years old because I didn't realize it at the time, but I was starting him off on a... Like he's a teenager now and he loves video games and I started that and I didn't realize it. So it was nice to realize that I introduced somebody into video games. Uh, and then the other one, as I've mentioned many times... I think is playing games like WWF No Mercy with my friends in high school. I I know it's not you know spending time like a kid or anything. Um, to this day, those are some of my fondest memories in my entire life. Is playing WWF No Mercy or or WCW NWO Revenge uh, with my friends in high school, and then we would watch the wrestling pay per views or just hang out together all the time. And it was just a simpler time in life. And I I very I fond 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 fucking memories of those days. Very fond. And finally. Before we move on uh, from blowing in the cartridge, it's letter time. It's letter time. And Whiteboro wrote in and said, Horizon, early embargoes. What the fuck? I get it. They want to hype some or they want some hype out there when their game gets good reviews. But having to dodge all social media for a week because most of the content creators I follow can't shut the fuck up about the game is so annoying. I logged into Twitch Monday morning, five days ahead of Horizon's release, and people were playing it. I wanted to go media blackout as much as I could and play it with fresh eyes when it came out. But that was almost impossible. What are your thoughts? Um, thanks for writing in, bro. Yeah, like, listen, by and large, I'm all... Of, so if you don't... I guess by fluke, if you don't know, like, an embargo is, like, a game... Really, you know, IGN, GameSpot, lots of different YouTube, you know, personalities, whatever. Uh, they get sent video games early, and they're allowed to play them early to get reviews ready, but the game developer tells them what date they're allowed to say anything about the game. And uh, sometimes the embargo date is literally the day the game is released. Sometimes it's a day or two before. Sometimes it's a week before. Usually I look at it as a good thing when a game lifts its embargo a week before the game comes out because they're like, we're confident this game's going to get good fucking reviews and we want those good reviews out there to sell more copies. So by and large, I think that's a good thing. And as a general rule of thumb, I get nervous when a game doesn't lift its embargo till like the day before it comes out. Uh, sometimes they do it to avoid spoilers. But sometimes I think they're just trying to hide the fact that their game kind of sucks and that makes me nervous. So I, I like it when it's a long distance embargo, but I agree with you, Whiteboro. Like I also wanted to go into Horizon Forbidden West not knowing anything. So I did basically go uh, blackout. If I saw anything that even said the word Horizon in it, it could have been like, hey, there's a fucking army of dinosaurs coming over the horizon that's going to kill everybody. And if you're seeing this, you need to get out of Edmonton right now. And as soon as I saw the word Horizon, I'm like, I'm not reading this because I don't want to have anything ruined by the game. Um, so it does become tricky. 
but I guess by like if I have to choose, I'll take an early embargo, meaning a good game, over a late embargo, meaning that I'm going to be nervous about the game right up to release. Um, but I, I get it. it. It can be, especially in the days of Twitch and YouTube and social media, it's never been easier to have shit spoiled. Look at The Last of Us Part 2. Although that didn't get leaked because of fucking the embargoes. That got leaked because people hacked into it and leaked it. Um, just as a general rule of thumb, if you're trying to avoid spoilers on a game you're really excited about, just stay, stay off the internet as much as possible. Because shit's going to get, you all know. Like, who hasn't had something fucking spoiled by now? And it fucking sucks. So I get it. Um, yeah, I guess that's where I stand on that. Thanks for writing in. Thank you to everyone that writes in. I know I don't get to them all every week, but we get like fucking a mountain. We get lots of comments this, every week now. So thank you. Oh, fuck. And speaking of that, let's get it. Let's, let's get the play one, remake one, erase one. Cause you want to talk fucking a lot of comments. Holy shit. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's switch things up and let's get into that smash hit segment. The official game show of remember the game, uh, play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week, I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released. They can remake one as a modern game. And the third game is a race from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one, and we'll get to that in just a minute. And I I swung for the fences this week. I figured we're talking an SNES RPG and Secret of Mana, so I took three of the absolute best, arguably the three best SNES RPGs. Arguably. Don't fucking write in and be like, oh, well. Uh, No, arguably. Three of the best RPGs on the SNES. I squished them into contestants row this week. Earthbound, Chrono Trigger, and Final Fantasy III. Um, we got to play one, remake one and erase one. And this was close all around. There's six possible combinations and the vote was really tight from first to last. It was really, really close. But the winner with 29% of the vote was to play earthbound, remake chrono trigger and erase final fantasy three. And I would say that surprises me, but like if you played by the rules this week and you, and you chose to erase one, everyone was like, I don't want to erase any of these. But if you did play by the rules and erase one, then you've got to erase a great game, no matter which of these three games you erase. So I guess it doesn't surprise me. So let's see what a few of you had to say. And then I'll tell you what the right answer was. 82 comments this week. Normally we get 30, 40, maybe 50. I read six. So you had a six in 82 chance to be read. I apologize to all of you that didn't get on the show. This was a spicy week in the comments. And for all of you that just wrote in on Patreon and said, Adam, you're a piece of shit. You're a monster for making us choose this. Yes. And it's about time you all realize what a piece of shit I truly am. Uh, let's get into these. And I started with Jeffrey Mathis, who's a longtime hot dog and our one of our resident RPG nerds. Jeffrey wrote in and said, tough one here on which to play in a remake, but I'll play Chrono Trigger because it's still a timeless classic. I'll remake Final Fantasy 3 slash 6 because every other Final Fantasy game has been remade already at this point, so why not? And I'll erase Earthbound because the other two are better. Feel my fucking eye twitching just a little bit. But the thing is, well, I may not agree with what you have to say, Jeffrey. I will defend to the death. You're right to say it, sir. All right, fair. And you played by the rules. I can live with your logic. And I can see how someone would think Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy 3 are better than Earthbound. It's not true, but I can see why somebody would think that. Phil McCracken wrote in and said, I haven't played any of these, but right now I'm playing Earthbound for the first time and it's great, so I want to keep it. I haven't been able to find Chrono Trigger anywhere for less than 150 bucks, so I would remake it for the Switch just to be able to play it. 
And then I had a race Final Fantasy, but only because them's the rules and it has random encounters. That's fucking sound logic all around, Phil. Chrono Trigger and Earthbound have no random encounters. And if you remake Chrono Trigger and just release it as is on the Switch, then you don't have to pay $150 to play it. So, and I know someone's going to write in and be like, oh, you could emulate it. But if you want to pay for it, then yeah. I think that's fucking damn solid, Phil McCracken. Damn solid logic. Michael Wilson wrote in and said, this one hurts. It's almost worth a double secret probation here, but instead, let's just smoke a joint and see what happens. I'll play Final Fantasy 3. I played this game the most of the three, so I cannot erase it. I love the story, the music, the graphics, the characters, and it holds a special place in my heart for being the first RPG I ever beat. I'll remake Earthbound. I feel like of the three, I played it the least, but I remember renting it and being blown away at how much I loved it by the end. I would absolutely love a Switch version for a second playthrough. And I guess I'd erase Chrono Trigger because there are stupid rules to follow. I love this game and I have fond memories, but I recently tried playing it again. And it wasn't as enjoyable to play as I remember. Can I just remake a hybrid of Earthbound and Chrono Trigger? No. No, that was worth a shot. Stupid rules. Thank you for following the fucking rules. A whole bunch of you wrote in and refused to follow the rules, and I hardly even read those anymore. You better make me fucking laugh if you're going to get me to read your goddamn play one, remake one, erase one while you break the fucking rules, because this is my fucking house, and rules are to be fucking respected up in here, y'all. Fuck yeah. Thank you, Michael Wilson. Carlos Ortega wrote in and said, I'll play Earthbound because I never got the chance to play it when I was a kid. I'll remake Chrono Trigger just like they did with the Final Fantasy VII remake and I'll erase Final Fantasy III. They could always just change the number on the Final Fantasy games and call Final Fantasy III Final Fantasy II. And I read that just to fucking irk some of you Final Fantasy fans because I know there's going to be some of you out there that are going to be like, oh, it's actually Final Fantasy VI and there's already a Final Fantasy, blah, 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 blah. I just, I love that comment, Carlos, because I know that some Final Fantasy fans are just going to fucking melt down. At the oh fuck it that makes me I don't like your logic but oh my god that fucking made me oh yeah listen to them just fucking screaming at their car radios right now car radios iPods whatever the iPods fuck I does that not like when they put in their old eight track player into the old fucking Jesus Christ their fucking car radios and their iPods old man blank strikes again. The Triforce wrote in and said, I'm new to Patreon and voting, but first I wanted to say I love the content. I'm a Pizza Hut delivery driver and your podcast get me through the work daily. Well, I'm glad that I, you fucking are doing God's work, Triforce. I'm glad that I can help a little bit. Uh, he said, this was easy. I'll play Earthbound because Earthbound is magnificent. It's a masterpiece. There's no way I'd ever remake it. I'll remake Chrono Trigger because an amped up Chrono Trigger would be epic. Leave the story alone. Don't touch the mechanics. Just give me a graphical overhaul and I'll be happy. And finally, delete Final Fantasy 3. Why? Because there are literally 99. Not kidding. And I said that right and you heard it right. 99 Final Fantasy games. Who is really going to give a crap that one of the 99 Final Fantasy games is gone? Again, Adam, thanks for the content. I'm proud to be able to pay two bucks, two whopping dollars for content like this. Keep it up. Thank you, Triforce. I did not know there was 99, but I guess between all the spinoffs and shit, there probably is 99. That said, when you said, who's going to give a crap that one of the 99 is gone? When it's arguably the best of the 99, I don't think it's the best, but I think it's top three or four. When it's like, it's probably, now I'm going to catch. Okay, Final Fantasy IX, Final Fantasy four, six, two, three, whatever you want to call them. Those are the three best Final Fantasies in my opinion. Uh, I think nine is the best, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So I, I think some people will give a crap when you erase like the fucking flagship title of the 99, but I get the logic. And then finally, uh, Hank one wrote in and said, long time opinion haver, first time opinion share. My choices are as follows. Play Chrono Trigger. I never had the opportunity to give it a go, but it's on my list. I've heard the story and character development are killer. I'll remake Earthbound. This game without the limitation of 16 bits would be space bound because it would be out of this world. 
<laughs> it's not bad, Reed. That's not bad, Hank. That's not bad. Seriously, though, don't change a thing except the art and the length of the fuzzy pickle cutscenes. Smell you later, and you got a recipe for a deadly remake. And I'll erase Final Fantasy 3. This is a hot take, but Final Fantasy 1 was the only one I enjoyed playing. I'm not big on the recharge battle mechanics that this game has. I'm sorry, and I love that other people love it, but it's just not for me. I don't, like... I don't think it's, I mean, it is a hot take. I just, I'm shocked that Final Fantasy 1 is the only one you enjoy. That game fucking, I like, there's an episode about it in the archives. If you want to know what I think of Final Fantasy 1, there's an episode in there. So anyway, thank you to everyone that wrote in this week. 21% uh, of you voted the way I did. It was the runner up on the poll this week. Uh, and this one was tough because I don't want to race any of these games either. But uh, Jason Bedineski went with the same order uh, that I did. And Jason said, I'll play Chrono Trigger. If it was released as an indie game today, especially on mobile, you'll never know it was actually a retro game. I'll remake Earthbound. I first played this game a few months ago after hearing it on your podcast. And while I love the theme, language, tone, and setting, it feels like it could be polished up just a little bit to not estrange people who maybe don't like their game super cheeky and feeling pulled out of it. Uh, i.e. I'm possessed by the spirit of the game designer. And finally, I'll erase Final Fantasy. I have tried so hard to get any... and, and bleh. I have tried so hard to get into any games in the Final Fantasy series. My friend is so angry at me for not being into them, the same way I'm angry at him for not being a Zelda fan. But we both agree that Chrono Trigger is the best RPG, and that's why we're still friends. I'm not going to lie to you, Jason. I disagree with a lot of your logic. I like the Final Fantasy games. I like the way that Earthbound breaks the fourth wall, and I don't think that Chrono Trigger is the best RPG. But despite the fact that I don't agree with any of your logic, I absolutely agree with your order. I personally would play Chrono Trigger, and I almost agree race this one because it is my least favorite of these three games but it's just it's different you know and no random encounters that cannot be understated so i'll play chrono trigger because it really is pretty perfect the way it is it's there's nothing wrong with it it's a good fucking video game i'm gonna remake earthbound you all know the hard on i have for earthbound i adore this game and a final fantasy 7 remake style uh earthbound might give me a heart attack where the characters actually talk and you can walk around and pokey and just oh my god and then i'm gonna erase final fantasy 3 i think it's a better game than chrono trigger but i have more attachment to final fantasy 2 slash 4 than i do 3 slash 6 so i can live without it i want to remake it i really wanted to remake final fantasy 3 but i don't want to remake of it as bad as i want to remake of earthbound so there you go. Thank you to everyone that wrote in and played this week. What have I been playing? And then we'll get into Secret of Mana. Uh, I'm playing Pokemon Legends Arceus. It's pretty good. Uh, there will be a review of it on Expansion Pass sometime in March once I'm done it. Um, I will say, like, I, I like it. I like what they're doing. It just hasn't grabbed me yet. Like, I'm probably six or seven hours in, and I'm having fun with it, but I play it for, like, an hour, and then I'm like, all right, I'm going to go do something else. And I don't know why, because I have no qualm with what it's doing. It just... I think I just need that right session. You know what I'm saying? For it to just fucking really just get its fangs in me and make me be like, I got to play for one more hour, one more hour. But I am liking it. I am playing it. I'm also playing Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, really liking it. There'll be a review of that on Expansion Pass probably in March at some point as well. Uh, I really like it. It is, if you like the first Horizon, you'll like this one. If you didn't like the first Horizon, this one's not going to change your mind. Uh, I've been playing Gunsmoke on the NES, which if you've never heard of, uh, is going to be on an upcoming episode of Remember the Game. It was sponsored by uh, one of the members of our community, Holmes. It is like an old school uh, arcade style shoot 'em up and uh, I beat it on Twitch last night and it's supposed to be, it's a pretty tough game and I fucking beat it. I was pretty proud of it. It is a fucking great game. I love that game. And I'm also playing Need for Speed Most Wanted as it was February's Patreon poll winner. I'm playing it on the PS2. And, uh, I don't, I don't know if I've ever played a racing game that wasn't a kart racer. So I really didn't think I would like Need for Speed Most Wanted, but I'm actually having a really good fucking time with it. It's a lot of fun. Um, 
And yeah, I'll tell you more about that on the episode of Remember the Game. But that's that. That's all four games that I'm playing for the podcast right now. So that's what I'm playing. Uh, and I just finished playing Secret of Mana, which is what we're going to talk about right now. I like to offer you guys a chance to sound off on the game before uh, my guest and I gab, uh, you know, forever about it. And I got a whole bunch of comments to rip through here from the audience or from the from the listeners, the community, as it were. Mizuru wrote in and said, we may disagree about Sonic 2 Adventure 2, but I think we will agree that this was a fantastic RPG for the SNES. My favorite soundtrack from the console. Dude, the soundtrack in this game is spectacular fucking spectacular uh and yeah i will agree with you i do really like secret mana there's a lot of things about it that irritate me but i still really really like this game do wrote in and said someone please tell me why the developers thought it was a good idea for the player sprite needing to be so close to the screen edges before it started scrolling it was very frustrating it's so funny because we go on about a whole bunch of the things that irritate us about this game but that's not that wasn't one of the ones that i thought of but you're right you do have to be very like it doesn't put you in the center of the screen you have to go like right to the edge to get it to scroll, and then the enemies come in. Yeah, I never thought about that, Do How. That's a good point. That's a good point. Adam Stanley said, I love this game and the lesser appreciated similar game, Secret of Evermore, which I honestly might like even more. The music of this, the menus, oddly enough, and the game in general have a special place in my heart. You should check out some other games in the Mana series. We actually talk about that a little bit in the show too. I've been hearing that from a lot of people that there are other games in this franchise I need to look at. And I also would like to shout out Secret of Evermore. I love that game. Uh, seriously, Ron P wrote in and said, I have fond memories of playing this game couch co-op with family over the years. I played it as a kid and again, as an adult with my kids, I recognize it as flaws, but it holds a special place in my heart. I love it when RPGs take off the training wheels and let you fly all over and flamey is officially an S tier flying ship. My only complaint is how hard it is to get the late game magics up to a decent level for the boss rush. I can't play this game without hours of grinding. I love all the bosses in the last dungeon and the final boss is on another level with the, with the epic scale. I disagree. I don't. I agree with most of that. And leveling up the magic is a fucking pain in the ass. That's something we talk about as well. But that was the only time I had to grind was near the end leveling up some of my magic. Uh, and Flamey is an S tier flying ship on an F tier map. And we'll get into. You'll hear what I think in a minute. But I do like the idea of flying around on a fucking big dragon. It's awesome. Chris Harnish wrote in and said, played this game for the first time with my wife on the PS5. We're hoping to play the original one day as well as it got us through the beginning of the pandemic. Sometimes games don't have to be filled with nostalgia-lanto to hold a, or nostalgia. Dude, I thought you made up a word, nostalgia-lanto, but it was nostalgia and two without a space in between. I was like, oh, maybe that's like a term wherever you're from. Uh, sometimes games don't have to be filled with nostalgia-lanto to hold a special place in your heart. The game is fantastic and that's all there is to say. Well said. I have nothing to, yeah, I, I, I agree with just about all that. Good stuff. And uh, Trash Taroth wrote in and said, this is the best RPG on the SNES. I don't want to hear it. Better than Secret of Evermore, better than any Final Fantasy, better than Chrono Trigger, better than Mario RPG. The only thing I wish were different about the game was the option to name your dragon. I have to say, Trash, I, 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 I really like Secret of Mana, but I don't think I'd rank it ahead of Evermore, Final Fantasy 2, 3, Chrono Trigger, Mario RPG, or Earthbound. But it doesn't mean it's not good. That just, to me, speaks to how incredibly deep the RPG lineup on the SNES is. And that's what we're going to talk about right now. One of said deep games in that lineup, which is Secret of Mana. I'm going to queue up some of the music. The music in this game is so fucking good. Let's queue up some music. Oh, it just feels like a beautiful summer day when that music's playing. I'll play the boss music at the end. Uh, and when it stops... My buddy Keegs and I are going to talk about Secret of Mana, which originally released on August 6th, 1993. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go.
Okay, uh, joining me via the blank phone this week, returning to the show, I would some would consider him uh, a, a valued member of our community. I would consider him the bebop to my shredder. Uh, but it's one of our discords, longtime member of the community. My buddy Keegs makes his triumphant return. How's it going, buddy? Oh, not too bad. You know, I I would prefer Rocksteady, but I guess I'll take I'll take Bebop. You and Stupid Monkey can fight over Bebop and Rocksteady. If you don't know, if you're listening, you have no idea what we're talking about. They're the two, uh, the two uh, mods of our Discord. So I've I've deemed them Bebop and Rocksteady. But you guys can fight over the two. At least neither of you is Baxter, like Fly Baxter Stockman. Yeah, I mean, you used to call us Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Yeah, so this is uh, <laughs> you guys went from Tweedledee, you guys went from Tweedledee and Tweedledum to the two guys in The Simpsons that guard the bee with Homer. Those of you that know know, and now you've been promoted to Bebop and Rocksteady. So all I need Shout out to anybody who gets that reference. No, uh, yeah, exactly. Shout out to anybody. yeah. All I need now is for you to drop a like a sure thing, boss. Like what? Anyway, no, it's uh, anyway. It doesn't. We'll talk Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah, we'll do that on another podcast. This is not about Bebop and Rocksteady or Ninja Turtles or guarding bees. We're talking Secret of Mana, which was February's Patreon poll winner, and I actually got it in during the month of February. Oh wait, it was January's Patreon poll winner, and I got it in the month of February. So that's not bad. Um. I, I got to say, Keegs, and I'm going to let you sound off on what you think of this game, but just my initial thoughts on Secret of Mana, and I hope that this makes sense because I know what I'm trying to say. I've never liked a game that I don't really like or disliked a game that I like maybe ever as much as I do Secret of Mana. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's about how I feel with it too. But it's, it's also, like, got this weird thing because I've also played the sequel. Right. So, like, I'm trying to not let that taint, like, my feelings of this game. But it's incredibly difficult. Because I, it's like, well, I played the sequel, so can't just erase that. Right. And I was going to say, like, I've had a ton of people tell me that. Because that sequel is Trials of Mana, right? Trials of Mana, yeah. yeah. I've had a ton of people tell me that, like, they're like, I literally had people, like, just posting on Instagram and shit being like, don't worry about even playing this one, just play Trials of Mana. But I'm like, well, that's not how it fucking works. Like, this is the one that won the poll, so this is the one that I'm playing. But I have heard from just about everybody that Trials of Mana is better. And while I was streaming Secret of Mana, I had people telling me that, because I believe there's a remake of Secret of Mana. Or a remastering yeah, or something, remaster. But it's, I, it's a remaster more than it is a remake. They yeah. called it a remake. They actually renamed it Adventures of Mana, I believe. Okay. And I, I think, yeah. Be, because I had people telling me that that was better than the original Secret of Mana as well. You don't seem to share that opinion, though. I mean, not really. They didn't do anything with it. They just like slapped a new coat of paint on it and were like, yep, yeah, it's a remake. Oh, okay. Because the thing it's is, like, is like, uh, is it though? Cause like, we'll get into this, but like I, and again, like for any of you that are like big secret of mana fans that are like, Oh, here comes another Sonic adventure two. Like, that's not what it is because Sonic adventure two. I don't know if I've ever hated a game that I hate as much as that. This is one that I like, even though I don't like, there's so many things about secret of mana that irritate me that I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why did they do this? Why did they make this decision? But every single time I sat down and played this game, I would put like a two or three hour session in and, and have a good time despite the fact that just about everything about it raised my eyebrows. And I was like, why the fuck would they make this decision? And I, I was told that, and we are talking this, we're not talking about the remaster or the sequel or anything, but I was told that a lot of the little issues that I had with secret of mana were fixed in like in the remaster stuff like, 
you can carry more uh uh more of each item and things like that which i don't know if yeah. that's true i haven't played it but yeah i believe it is i i also played the remake of trials so like some of my memories of that one are blurred on like what's actually improved from just the regular version to that remake okay but yeah it's they they mostly just improved on everything when with this game like which they did from the first mana game which is actually what adventures of mana is it's a remake of the first one okay. which is also on that collection not not a remake of this one okay but yeah they've I'm pretty sure they remastered this one the, and put a fresh coat of paint on it. i don't know Somebody the will yell at us the la- oh we're, we're gonna get yelled at the, the last the last 45 <laughs> seconds of this podcast has me is giving me kingdom hearts vibes where it's like, oh no, well the remake is actually a remaster of the first game that came before this, but it wasn't called this. It was called this. And then there's yeah. two point eight, which but we're not doing and for all you Kingdom Hearts yeah. fans, please don't yell at me. I'm just breaking balls. We're all right, let's fucking five minutes and we've already got three different things we're gonna get yelled at yeah. for. So let's talk Yeah, well the first the first game in the series is Final Fantasy Adventure. Right. Right. Yeah, why that, that makes complete sense. Of course it fucking Jesus Christ. And then we didn't get the third game in the series until this collection came out. It was only released in japan Gee, fuck. this is why i've never played like, it. and like i i feel yeah. like i've played a lot of the big super nintendo so i got okay so let, well, let's okay so let's get into secret of mana here's the thing is like i never played this one and i i haven't played every rpg on the super nintendo but like i've played most of the heavy hitters uh this was one that i always missed as a kid and then when the super nintendo classic came out this game was on it and i was like oh fucking a like i finally have a chance to see what this game is all about and i probably tried it on the super nintendo classic like three times and just was like ah it just seems kind of boring it seems kind of boring it seems kind of boring and then when it won our patreon poll i was finally was like all right i'm gonna have to like seriously sit down and play this and then i ended up buying the mana collection for my switch Partially because I would rather play RPGs on my Switch because it's just easier to have them handheld so you can watch TV while you play. Uh, and partially because there was some stuff going on in my personal life and I had to get away from the house for a little while and I wanted to bring it with me. But when I finally sat down and played it, dude, um, the first like 10 minutes I think are quite boring. Like when you just control yeah. the kid. I So I will say like, do you know, I don't know what the three characters' actual names are. I think the girl is girl. Oh. It's uh, Randy, uh, the girl is Prim, and the sprite is Popoy. Okay. I So I named them Hoju, Hojet, and Hojuju. So I don't yeah. know. So if I try to refer <laughs> them by names, I'm going to be fucked. So it's going to be the boy, the girl, and the sprite for any of you that have yeah. played it. Okay. And that's, that's the easiest way. That's the easiest way to do it. And so... You start out, you just control this little boy or whatever. I don't know, he's like a teenager, I assume. But anyway, and he finds like a sword, a rusty old sword. And then it turns out that this sword triggers these big events. And then basically you get kicked out of the village for causing the events from taking the sword. And then the game gets going from there. And I'm going to warn everybody, Keegs and I were talking about this before we started recording. We are going to spoil aspects of the game in this one. But if you're worried about spoiler, uh, story spoilers, pardon me, I, I got to say... I really have no fucking idea what was going on. I guess there's like a the emperor or this bad guy wants to use mana to take over the world and the sword sealed the mana away or something. I have no idea what the fuck. Yeah. If you're if you're looking for an RPG to play, right. right? Okay, so that sounds right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like Maybe. if you. <laughs> so I will just warn you all right now. If you're like, oh, I'm looking for a new RPG to play and I like deep heavy stories, Secret of Mana is not for you. 
it is not the, it's not, I wouldn't even, I'll be honest. I wouldn't even call it a good story. I think the story is literally only there to give you a reason to keep like to, 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 to move you from one place to the next. All I know is I had to go out and find these seeds. I have no fucking idea yeah. why. Yeah. Most of the mana games are like that too. I've noticed, like I've played a few of the other ones and it's pretty much just like a bad guy tries to destroy world, get mana, stop bad guy. And that's, and it. there's a mana tree always. Like yeah. That's, that's kind of a, it's very bare bones kind of story. It's, okay. Okay, well then that's okay. So that makes me feel better that it's not just me then. <laughs> so like, if you were to compare it to like other Super Nintendo RPGs, like its story can't stand up to the story in Final Fantasy two, Final Fantasy three, Chrono Trigger, Earthbound. Uh, yeah. I'd be there with Mario RPG, where Mario RPG is like, oh, that guy took over get, uh, sure. Bowser's castle. I almost call it Ganon's castle. Yeah. yeah, bad guy comes down, go stop bad guy. And even Mario oh, RPG's yeah. story I found easier to follow, at least. Like, Mario RPG yeah. is very basic. But, like, I just, I, so, okay, like, listen, literally for everything we talk about this game where we come down on it, I, I want you all to remember until we get to the end of this, like, I don't dislike this game. Like, I had fun playing this game. And I'll always die on that hill. To me, the biggest selling point of a game should be, is it fun? Once it's yeah. fun, then it's like, if it's got great graphics, great sound, if it's got a great story, great voice acting, great writing, great whatever, those are all icing on the cake. But at the end of the day, the game needs to be fun. And I will say, for the most part, I had fun playing it. So if it sounds like I'm just dumping on your game, there's a lot, of, I think it has a lot of uh, problems, but I still had fun playing. Clearly, okay, so we were going with the story. So let's stick to that. So like you start out with one boy and then eventually a girl joins your team and a Sprite who I actually thought was another girl. But apparently it's a sprite. I don't even know what a sprite is. That, is. Yeah, the, I think the sprite is a is a girl though. It looks very much like a little like it looks like a little girl. Like they look like yeah. you look like you're controlling like a teenage boy, a teenage girl, and then like a like a little like five or six year old girl. Yeah, like that. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. Right. Like that's 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 and that is it. And you have them all in your team pretty quickly. Um, and then pretty that's quick, yeah. Like which which like I wanted to say, uh. It's a three-player game, which is unique for the Super Nintendo. Like you yeah, needed, you yeah. needed a multi-tap to play a three-player. Ever. First ever. Yeah, first ever three-player game. I'm pretty sure it might be. Yeah, like I was thinking, like the only games I even think of on the Super Nintendo for more than two players are this and Bomberman. Uh, yeah, and I don't like, and I didn't have a multi-tap, so I wouldn't play it with either one. I played it by myself, and and I know you did as well. And when you play it by yourself, you can control any one of the three characters at any given time, and then the other two are controlled by the AI. And I will say, <laughs> I I do think this game would be substantially more fun if you played it with somebody else, even one other person. Uh, yeah, yeah, even one because like that AI man, like AI is artificial intelligence, and that's not what those other two characters are. No. They are not. It's and that, some of the worst AI I've experienced in a video game. Yeah, and that's the first kind of criticism I have of the game is like if you've not it's not a traditional JRPG with the turn-based battle system. If for any of you that have played Secret of Evermore that I'm always blowing smoke up like I'm always blowing smoke up Secret of Evermore's ass, but it's like an action RPG. Think kind of along the lines of like Link to the Past type thing where like the battles you come across enemies on the overworld and you're literally like hitting the attack button to attack them and stuff. Um, and your two AI counterparts, whichever two characters you're not controlling help you, but like 
they're constantly getting stuck on walls or in stairs and you have to fucking walk back over to get them to come around because you can't walk away. You need to keep them all close together. And they'll like, they'll throw like a really weak attack at an enemy and hit them. And when you hit an enemy in this game, they've got that momentary invulnerability. And it's so frustrating when you're controlling, say the boy with the strongest physical attack. And every time you go to hit an enemy, the fucking sprite hits it first for like a quarter of the damage. And then your attack misses and you can't tell them to stop. You can set their grid of what you want them to do, but it won't stop them from attacking altogether. And it can be incredibly frustrating because it just drags a fight out to two or three attacks longer than it needs to be because the, your, your weak uh, counter, your, your weak teammates are hitting them for minimal damage and then rendering them invulnerable at fucking just constantly, constantly key. Oh. Yeah, and then not to mention you have to wait for your, your meter to charge back up to 100% so you can do full damage again. Yeah. And there's that window, like the enemy gets the, the invulnerability and then they're like knocked down on the ground and then you can just like infinitely hit them until they're dead once they're knocked on the ground like that. Like you can just juggle your attacks through and kill them. Not with the AI, of course, but like they recover from that faster than it takes for your meter to charge all the way up to full. Yeah. So like, like, and you're like stuck in this weird loop of like, oh, I'm gonna hit him when he gets back up, then, and then the sprite comes in and hits him instead. Yeah, I, and I, then you miss. I, I and will. Like, I, I legitimately hate the stamina meter. Like, if you've not played it, each of the three characters has a has a stamina meter, and once you swing your weapon. Um, it goes down to zero. It only takes a couple of seconds, but it needs to fill back up to a hundred. You can swing it at less than a hundred, but it does basically nothing. Um, yeah. Even when it's, it, even if you get it back up to like 90% and swing, you do like a fraction of the damage, like 25% damage. Yeah. You normally do. And what I found really frustrating was that like, I would go to swing in an enemy, but fucking one of the other two characters in my team would hit the enemy first for less damage, put the enemy down. I'd have to wait for my stamina to fill back up. And by the time my stamina is filled back up, the enemy is up again. But then one of my teammates has hit them for less damage again and put them back down and I'm missing again. And again, it's just like, Oh, you, I wish, yeah. I wish you could just set your, your two teammates to not attack. Like, or, yeah, exactly. or, or get rid of the stamina meter. Like, just let me hit at full damage all the time. Because it can make like yeah. it's fun to play. It really, I found it fun, but like it can really become tedious when you're fighting just like a basic enemy that has no chance of killing you, but you can't hit it for more than like twenty damage because it fucking your goddamn teammates keep fucking it all up. Like it's a really cool idea that just can be incredibly, incredibly infuriating sometimes. Oh yeah, like it's fuck. fun. It just didn't age the best. No. And, and then like, the, but, is that how the is that how it is in Secret of Evermore too? I you know what the thing is is like I'm always singing the praises of Secret of Evermore, but I don't really remember. <laughs> I haven't played it since like the mid '90s. I do remember that your party is just you and your dog, so at yeah. least it's one yeah, less. I tried to emulate it, and it just doesn't work. I've heard there's like big issues with the ROM not working all the time, and I've never been able to get past like the intro of the game, so I no. can't really remember. There there is a lot of problems like with either. It. But I there is problems with the ROM for sure. But I do like the concept of Secret of Evermore. I like the action RPG elements. I just wish they worked a little better. Because not only have you got that stamina meter, but you can level up your ability with a weapon. We'll get into the weapons more in a minute. But you can level up your ability with a weapon just by using... Or, um, pardon me, by... We'll get into how you level the weapons up later too. But basically, each weapon has eight levels of, of um, power, I suppose. And... 
once your once your stamina is filled up to zero uh, to 100 is back to normal you can hold down the attack button and then it'll charge it up to like a level one attack a level two level three all the way up to level eight if you have eight levels unleashed or unlocked and then when you release attack your character will throw a stronger attack out based on what level you've charged your attack up to and it does substantially more damage but that makes it even more infuriating when you charge it up to like say a level four <laughs> which takes like you know six or seven seconds to get it up to like your fourth level attack then you unleash it and right before you make contact with the enemy one of your fucking counter teammates or one of your teammates fucking hits it for like 20 damage and knocks it down and then your big attack you just charge up for 10 seconds fucking misses like it's a cool system but just the timing of it and the hitboxes and the the, the connection like the, yeah. the collision detection can be so frustrating man yeah or an enemy moves out of the way because like some of the attacks you like dash and then attack yeah and you just like miss the enemy because you forget like how long your actual dash is and it's but yeah it's just and it's not as simple so as like it's not as simple as like as long as your sword goes over the fucking sprite of the enemy it'll hurt them like it needs to hit them at the right time and in the right place like it can be so easy to miss enemies in this game uh, and it yeah. just, it, it, again, I, it was fun, but like, fuck, there were so many instances where I was like this game, I bet you I spent three hours of my playthrough just swinging at and missing enemies with my weapons. Like, <laughs> yeah, I bet you, right. right. Like, fuck me. Um, but yeah, so then you've got, you have the three characters and the boy doesn't have magic. The boy just uses their weapons. The girl and the Sprite both pick up magic as you play through the game. And I, I like that concept. Like that's just the classic like class system, right? Like if you've never played it in very, very basic terms, the, the boy is just like a, a knight or a warrior. The girl is like a white mage and the sprite is like a black mage kind of. Yeah. Um, but even the magic, like I, I found it just a little bit. You don't, you don't unlock more magic by leveling up your characters the the magic you get three spells per um what are those things called like spirits is that what they are in this game just spirits uh yeah mana spirits i think okay. they're as you as you play the game you discover these mana spirits or whatever they're called and then they give like elementals uh, maybe that's what they are yeah that kind of idea the like, elementals and like the first one you find uh gives gives the girl like the ability to cast like a healing spell uh, or like a shield spell to like up your armor and it gives the sprite the ability to cast like a freeze spell and stuff like that but like basically every elemental gives each character three new spells but then to level up the powers of those spells you just have to use the spells over and over again but you never get a ton of mp in this game so like yeah. it can be really frustrating to level up your magic because you can only cast say at best 20 spells like a cheap spell and then you run out of magic yeah. points and by the end of the game each of those two the 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 girl and the sprite have like eight elementals to try to level up and you just can't cast enough spells to level them all up uh i i much prefer my magic leveling up just by my character leveling up i've never been a fan yeah. of abilities leveling up based on how much you use them personally well then don't play don't play final fantasy 2 like the actual final fantasy 2 not uh not 4 because that's how everything levels up i hate that fucking shit yeah so well, um, yeah you have to do it with your magic and with your weapons and then the way it works is if you're stronger than the enemies that you're you're trying to level up your spells or your magic on you get less experience like i don't know if it's, it's either half or ten percent or something like that Ugh. 
I think it's 10% because like if you get too high of a level, you can't max out like all your spells and your weapons to level eight. If you, I can't, I can't remember what level it is. It's like high sixties or something like it's that. Just... But if you get over that level, you, because you're over leveled to every enemy in the game, you physically can't gain enough, any experience for your abilities to, to level them up to that final level. It's just very like. <laughs> tedious. And and again, I, mm. it's fun. I found it fun, but it was just so fucking tedious to level up your weapons and to level up your, the weapons weren't quite as bad um, because you're always attacking. So you're always gaining abilities there. And like with the weapons, I actually do like this part of the game. Uh, there's eight weapons in the game and there's like a sword, a whip, uh, an ax, a fucking, uh, bow and arrow. Like, I don't remember what they all are, but there's like eight weapons and you can basically just give any of the eight weapons to any of the three characters anytime you want. And the more that character uses that weapon, the more they can level that weapon up, but you can only level up the weapons after finding orbs for the weapons and then taking them to a blacksmith to level them up. Like, as I'm sitting here trying to explain it, I'm like, this game is ridiculously, needlessly complicated. Yeah. Like, but like, which is, is a pain in the ass for like playing it now. But like you think back in those days, if that's your one game, it's like, holy shit, look at all this stuff you have that you can just, you know, plug away at all the time. No doubt. Like until six months later when you get your next game. Like no doubt. I now it's like we're old and we don't have time. Like yeah. Let me level up my shit easy. I like the idea of being able to give any of the eight weapons to any of the three characters anytime I want. Because the weapons handle different. And that is cool. Is that like, you know, like the, the whip can reach farther on the on the screen when you hit the attack button than like the sword can, for example. Might not do as much. Yeah. The bow and arrow might not do as much damage, oh, but whip, it's got better whip's range. The best, whip's the best weapon, hands down. Agreed. Yeah, and I and I like that system. And I will say, like, I don't even hate the idea of characters leveling up their ability with each weapon the more they use it. I know I literally just said I don't like that stuff, but like, you <laughs> use your weapon so often. I personally just like I gave the whip to the sprite. I gave. I don't remember what weapon to the girl and then my boy used the sword and I almost rare, I very rarely switched them out. And so they all got yeah. to level eight with those weapons just by using them attacks. And the higher level you reach, the more of the, the stronger charge up attacks we were talking about earlier, you can use where the weapons started to frustrate me was that, uh, you need to find orbs. Like you need to find a, a sword orb, then go to a blacksmith, then pay him $200 and cash in the sword orb for him to level the sword up to like the next level. Now my character can go to that level with the sword. And it was just mm -hmm. like, I don't understand the point of the orbs. Like, why not just let me, the more I use the weapon, the more I level it up, up to level eight. Like, why do I have to go find these orbs, then go find a blacksmith, then spend $200? And money is no object in this game. Like, why do I have to do that to level it up? Like, just let me level it up to level eight. I thought the orbs yeah. just added a completely unnecessary layer to it. Like, have the, have the orbs level up the power of the weapon? Sure, but have that as a separate system from the character's skill with the weapon. Like, let yeah. them level that up independently. Because you can use a weapon with a character enough to get enough experience with the weapon to be level 8 with that weapon, but unless you found 8 orbs and leveled that weapon up 8 times at the, at the blacksmith, you can't access level 8 with the weapon. And that was where yeah. I started to get irritated. Like, I was just like, for fuck's sakes, come on. Yeah, because like the orbs power up the weapons, but your skill level, all it does is let you get a new charge, like a new level of your charge attack, yeah. right? Like I don't, 
remember it actually ever increasing the damage that much. I don't think so, no. So it was just like, there's just so many little layers to it. Like, so yeah. for any of you that have never played this, if the last 10 minutes of this podcast sound very confusing, it kind of is. Like you find more magic spells <laughs> as you go, but then to level up the magic spells, you have to use the magic spells under that particular elemental, but you can't use too many of them because you don't have very many magic points. And then to level up your weapons, you have to use the weapons, but then you also have to find orbs for the weapons and go back to the blacksmiths. And it's like, it's fun when you're just playing it, but between the missed attacks, running out of magic points, trying to level up the fucking weapons, it's just so many little things get in the way. And I'm like, it yeah. didn't it didn't need all of this. Like it's needlessly the, complicated. The magic nuts are, yeah, the magic nuts are super expensive too. And like and you can only carry four of every item. And yeah. So that's the next thing I <laughs> wanted to touch on was there's only one item in the game that'll restore your magic points, like an ether in Final Fantasy, and that's magic walnuts. Uh and they are really expensive to buy, and you can only carry four of any particular item. So when you set off into like a temple or a dungeon, you need to use your magic to level your magic up, but you better ration your magic because you're only going to be able to replenish your MP four times. And that's split between the girl and the Sprite. Like it's just, yeah. and it's like, why can't I carry more fucking walnuts if I have to use the magic to level the magic up, but I can't carry any items to replenish my magic points. Like, dude, the final yeah. temple in this game, like the end of it, if you went through and used your magic too early and didn't have enough magic walnuts, you're fucked. And there's no way to carry more. I was so... I do not understand the point of, like, maybe cap it at nine. Like, if it, if it has to be a single-digit cap, cap it at nine. Like, yeah, why four? nine would be great. Oh. Well, and the other thing is, like, if you have a full inventory of four and you get a chest that contains an item, it's just like, oh, you didn't have any room, tough. Whereas, like, other RPGs will be like, hey, you don't have any room, discard something else. Yes! Like... Oh, that's so annoying, dude. Like, like, okay, the... just, let me, just let me use an item right away then, and then let me pick it up. Or at least, like, put it back in the chest and leave the chest there so then I can just use the item and then reopen the chest. Yeah, the like, chest... No, it disappears for good, sorry. Just... Fuck, you have to open it to find out what's in it, and then it disappears if you can't carry it. Yeah, dude, oh. Yeah. But the thing was, was I was like, so then, I... Oh, fuck. Fuck you. Yeah, so then I'm just playing, and I'm just like, okay, well, I'll just keep three of everything in case I find another item. And then it's like, okay, well, now I only have three of each item, though, so such a, fuck me, I guess. Such a fucking nuisance. And on the note of nuisances, uh, I, I have to... And I, I know we're shitting on this game a lot. I know we are. I promise... We're going to wrap it up. I don't. I, I can't speak for Keegs. Maybe he hates it. But I'm going to say something nice about it near the end. Because I still had fun playing it. But um, not only is stuff like leveling up your equipment and the minimal inventory you can carry a pain in the ass. But accessing the menus in this game to do any oh. of it with. So if you've never played it, it's not a traditional RPG where you hit pause and it takes you to like a overworld of fucking menus and charts to do everything you can only access one of your three characters menus at a time and then it's like a sphere around them and there's a sphere for items there's a sphere for equipping weapons and, and checking your stats and stuff like that if you're a magic user there's a sphere for magic there's a sphere for the eight weapons and you can pick which weapon you want to use and you can only access one of your three characters spheres at any given time and it's just so annoying like why? Why? Who designed the menus in this game? Like, yeah, and I can never keep it in my head which way, 
like which button sends it counterclockwise or which button sends it clockwise from constantly just like moving the men like the radio menu around and like trying to find where I'm trying to go. Yes. I clicked the wrong button. Like oh, if this game yeah, took the menus are beyond frustrating. If this game took me twenty five hours to finish, I spent three hours swinging at enemies and missing, and I spent another three hours trying to navigate the game's menus. It's How just only three hours. That's better than yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is like, so one thing I do like is you can hit select at any moment and switch from one character to another. And and I yeah. do I do like that. And whichever character you're controlling, you hit Y and you bring up that character's menu. If you hit X, you'll bring up one of your two partners' menus. And then if you hit X again, you'll go to the other partner's menu. And it's kind of handy, but it's like, yes, this is certainly more convenient than just hitting pause and having all of the menus just show up. Like, it's just, and yeah. I get that, like, they had to find a way to make it that you could access your spells and stuff in real time because the, you know, the game is action combat, but it's just so yeah. tediously done, man. I, I hate that. That actually is the thing I hate the most about this game is its menus more than anything else. Yeah. I hate the menus in this game. That's just because, like, the balance in the combat, like, magic is so much more powerful than attacking because there's no cooldown on it or anything like that. Yeah. Like, it stuns enemies. Like, when you're casting, you can't be hit. And then, like, they can't do anything once they're targeted after a certain time. Like, it's just magic's just so much better. Yeah. But you have to go through the menu, so... And your magic you're sitting there with the game paused half the time. Yeah, and the game... And your magic can't miss. Like your attacks miss all the time, the magic's gonna hit or it won't cast. And mm -hmm. it's just, and and then that's where I wanted to go was as far as difficulty in this game, I the very first boss, there's like a there's like a thing you fight at the initial village right after you pull the sword out of the rock, and that boss kills me so many times. It won't let you die. Like you'll just keep coming back to life. But that boss killed yeah, me. Yeah, and it killed me probably thirty times while I was fighting it. Yeah. But then I don't think I died again for the rest of the game. Like, this is not a difficult oh, wow. video game. Like, yeah, at least I didn't I find, find it difficult. Yeah, that boss, and then the fucking tiger that you fight in the mansion. That okay. boss is also a pain in the ass, where it just, like, turns into the ball and just, like, bounces around the screen and then shoots fire at you all the time. Yeah. That boss killed me, like, fuck, like, seven times before I finally got through it on, like, that, that recent playthrough I was uh, doing. Yeah. Like, holy fuck, that boss is just ridiculous. So I, like, even looked at the, up a guide. I was like, am I doing something wrong on this boss fight? I look up the guide, and the guy's like, oh, yet another easy boss. Here we go. I was like, okay, I'm clearly <laughs> playing a different game than this guy was. But, like, well, because I got to say, like, I didn't grind very much in this game. The only time I grinded, which I'm going to get to in a minute, was because I got lost. But we'll get there in a second. Um, <laughs> but I never went to grind specifically to level stuff up. And I never yeah. had any trouble with bosses, but I will say like every boss I fought the exact same way. I would get to the boss. I would switch to the girl and cast analyze or whatever it was called. Examine like to see what element they were weak against. Then I would just switch yep. to the sprite and just cast that attack spell over and over and over again till I killed the boss. while the boy and girl just ran around attacking it and I never yeah, died. Like, like, and it was just, it wasn't pretty much the game. Yeah. And it's not again, I, I, if you don't do that, if you don't do that, then the boss does that to you and they just spam spells on you until you're dead. Yeah. So. And it just, it just, I didn't find it challenging. Like it wasn't, uh, which like, I gotta be honest. I, I didn't hate that. Like I found it almost at, at times I found this game kind of relaxing, like kind of tranquil to play, 
because like the music yeah. is great. The graphics are great. And I never was at risk of dying. Like I just felt like I never, I never, I just never died. Um, but that said, I think I was overpowered for a lot of the game because like after the menus, actually maybe even more than the menus, my biggest gripe with secret of mana is like, it's not a matter of if you will get lost and need a walk through. It's a matter of how often will you get lost yeah. and need a walk through because Keeks, this game does nothing to fucking tell you where to go. Nothing. It tells you the name of where you got to go, but that's, it's like, okay, that doesn't mean anything. Exactly. There is no, like, in any other RPG I can think of, you can bring up, like, an overworld map and, like, see where you have to go and stuff like that. Not in this game. And the only fast travel in this game is to find the cannon guy, and there's a guy that'll shoot you out of a cannon to other places, but he usually only gives you a couple of options. And it just is like, I, dude, it was, I hate using walkthroughs and it, I just finally like conceded to the fact that like, and frankly, I enjoyed the game 10 times more once I just conceded to the fact that like, I don't know where I'm supposed to go ever. Just tell me where I have to go next. There was one yeah, point where I went, I too. dude, there was one point where I went and did an entire temple, got to the end of the temple and then found out that the, the seed that I was breaking into the temple to get wasn't there because I was supposed to go to some other temple where the seed was <laughs> and play it first. And I never knew. And I did them in completely the wrong order and had no idea ever. And it's just like, oh, like lots of RPGs you can get lost, like lots of them. Yeah. But never I've never played an RPG where I got lost as many times as I did in this game. Like yeah. never. Like it like when like at the start, you're in the, the dwarf city and they're like, Oh well to stop the the lava, that was uh the witch. So um she's she's in her mansion. Yeah. Cool, where the fuck's her mansion? Yeah. Like, uh, oh god. Oh, it's in the woods. Where's the woods? There's like eight right. fucking woods. Like, right. yeah, it's just don't tell me where I have to, like, don't tell me what the place I have to go is. Tell me like how to get there. They're just like, ah, oh, go, go here. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know where here is though. Oh, it was just like, but again, like once I looked up a walkthrough and just had an idea of where to go, it was fine. And then again, we're talking yeah. spoilers about three quarters of the way through the game. You unlock a, a dragon, which is your airship in this game. Huh. And then, and at first I was like, fuck, finally. Because now you can do that classic Super Nintendo fucking, I don't, what is it, the SFX or whatever the fuck it's called, where you, you bring it up. Mode and, 7. Yes, Mode 7, thank you. And you can like bring it, <laughs> you can bring it up and then you see that like pixelated uh, overworld underneath you and you fly around. But like, it's still, there's no map. Like, there's nothing to yeah. tell me where to go. It's got the compass with northwest, east, south on it, but there's no map. And so, like, sometimes they'll tell you, like, oh, you need to go back to this village. It's west of here. So then you fly, but it's not west. It's kind of west, kind of southwest. And it's impossible. You can't tell what they are from the sky. And then you can't just land anywhere. You have to land at specific places. And I just was like, for the love of fuck, like, did anyone play test this? And just say like, hey, it's very easy to get lost. We should do something about that. Because you are constantly fucking lost. And it gets worse once you've got the dragon. Because at least the cannon guy will tell you I can send you to this village or this temple. The dragon, it's like good fucking luck. Oh. Yeah. I, they were too busy. They were too busy looking in awe at the world map. They're like, man, we really pushed mode seven days fucking limits on this. This was great. Man. 
So and like, like Jeff in the back was like, "Hey, um, what about a map for something to get lost?" They're like, "Shut the fuck up, Jeff. Yeah, Go get us some coffee." Yeah, you're fired, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> it's just fucking like, oh, it, so. We are going to get to the good, I promise, because I do have some good things to say about this game. But like the navigating the menus, it's it's not. I, I they're more annoying. They're not game breaking. They're just annoying. It's not game breaking. Yeah. It's just a nuisance. Um, the overworld and figuring out where to go, in my opinion, is game breaking unless you use a walkthrough. And I want to say, I don't know for sure, Keegs. I'm going to ask you if you know. If not, I'm going to look it up. Did it come with a Did it come with a player's guide back in the day? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, I was actually going to ask you if you knew if there's a world map in the instruction manual at least. Like, I look no, it does. I looked up the instruction manual to play this with because another thing this game does that I'm not going to dump on it too hard because a lot of RPGs from this era did it. Uh, it doesn't really tell you like when you go to buy equipment, it shows you who can equip it, but it doesn't say whether or not it's an improvement on what you currently have equipped. So I did bring up yeah. the, I always had the manual on my phone because the manual to its credit did tell you the power of every item and weapon in the game. So I did use it for that. But no world map. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, no map. Did, did Secret of Mana come with a strategy guide? Uh, probably one. Because like, I, had a guide. like you guys all know how much I fucking defended uh, uh, Earthbound. Um, but Earthbound came with a strategy guide. And I do think it would have been, a, like, I think that was necessary. Like, it was, it would have been frustrating without. Um, I can't tell. I can't find probably anything. Had to, you probably had to buy the guide separate. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I like if, like, I'm just gonna say for the record because I obviously played this on the on the Switch. I mean, for the record, whatever, for whatever it's worth, the Switch didn't come with a fucking strategy guide, so I had to fucking look stuff up a lot. And I will just say. Play it with a strategy guide, and it'll be it'll be ten times more fun. Like just yeah. just even if you're like me and you're anti strategy guide, this is a game that is just so much just so much more playable with one. It just is. Um, yeah, I, like once you're in the dungeons and you're playing, it's fun. But like the world's not really like this fun explore and adventure kind of world. It's just like get to where you need to go and then get through that dungeon. That's the like really awesome part of the game. So yeah. Like otherwise, like when you're lost, it's just so fucking frustrating trying to figure out like where, where am I supposed to go? I don't know. Yeah. And then as soon as you're there, you're like, Oh, this is, this is what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. And that, okay. So and like, and that's a great way. Like I do want to like read 40 minutes and I feel like all we've done is dunk on this game, but be like, it's still not bad. So I do kind of want to get into some of the good. Yeah. So like, it's easy to get lost. Leveling up stuff is a pain in the ass. It's overly complicated. The menus suck. I would spoil the story for you guys, but I still don't know what the fuck was really happening in the story. So like all of Santa Claus is in the story. What? Literally Santa Claus is in the story. <laughs> like what the fuck? So all of those things <laughs> kind of suck. Now all of those things aside, there's a hey, reason Santa doesn't suck. What's that? Santa being in the story Santa being in the story doesn't suck. No. That's fucking awesome. Yo, it's awesome. Um I I will say that like once I gave in and started using a walkthrough to help me figure out where to go. Uh, I never once felt like rage quitting and I, and I notoriously say that like JRPGs aren't my, my jam and they're not, but like, I never found myself bored playing this game. Once I knew where I had to go, I did get bored when I was trying to figure out where to go on my own. But once I just conceded yeah. to being told where to go, 
Like, because there are no random encounters. That's the first thing to bring up. Some of the encounters can be tedious because your fucking teammates keep fucking them up on you. But like, there are no random encounters. You can run away from anyone you want. You can avoid enemies, usually to an extent if you want to. And uh, I just have to say right away, that earns its points for me because I'm always going to prefer no random encounters in my RPGs. Always, always. Yeah, damn. Um, and it's nice that you can see what's coming up. I did like, I, I will say too, like speaking of being able to see it to me, maybe the strongest point in this game is, uh, it is, it is not just good to look at. Like it is, it is gorgeous. It is. I yeah. think, I think, I don't know. I will, I will commit to this, but like, it might be my favorite looking RPG on the super Nintendo. It might be. Oh, tell you play the sequel anyways. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I think like, I love the art style in final fantasy two and three and earthbound. Um, this one stacks up against like chrono trigger, in my opinion, as yeah. among the best looking RPGs on the super Nintendo, the sprites are so big and bright and colorful. They have some depth to them. Like they're not just blatant 2d. Like I know they are 2d, but they're, they've got that hint of 3d to them. Uh, yeah, there's there's lots of there's lots of different frames in the animations of like all the moving sprites, like the the friggin' dancing shopkeeper dudes that are just like sitting there doing their weird wacky dance. Always, like, yeah, yeah. Even when they're enemies, telling you, the enemies will be bouncing around, and it's like sometimes they'll be sleeping and stuff. Like <laughs> the, the shopkeeper's like, I'm not selling you anything, but he's dancing while yeah. he's fucking doing it. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, you cut. Like, why do you have to dance while you won't fucking help me? Like, I'm trying to save the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got it like... Oh, man. Speaking of shopkeepers, though, back to one more awful thing first before we keep talking about good. Yeah, that go. stupid fucking cat. Yeah, that fucking that cat. cat Neko. Holy shit, I hate him. He's awful. His only redeeming feature is that you can stay. But, like, he, he's, he all his prices are double the cost of regular shop. And it's just like... Well, that's because you're, you're, you're paying for convenience. You're paying for convenience because he's not in the villages. Double... <laughs> he's even near some of the villages what are that's you... not convenient yeah yeah like what are you Jeff Bezos they're like it's like it's like when you guys go to a sporting event and like there's the fucking street merchants selling jerseys outside of the arena and they're more than you'd pay inside the arena like that's yeah you're right like it's like yeah, he, like he's for? like at least like I will like to me like his redeeming quality is that you can use them to save while you're not like without going back to a village uh, cause I will say if yeah. you're, if you're playing this natively on the super Nintendo, uh, you can't oh. just save anywhere you want. You got to go find a place to save. And that's one of the reasons, like I would highly recommend if you do want to play this, I would recommend playing it on the switch because you can just save anytime you want or play it on the super Nintendo yeah. classic where at least you can use save states because it can be uh, like, it'd be frustrating to try to find a place to save in this fucking game. Uh, Especially just with the bosses, like I said, because the bosses is just like a magic spam fest. So if you get unlucky and the boss fucks you up and you die, like yeah, just save right before the boss reboot, go back in, you'll get it that time. Yeah, right? and and in a lot of the temples where you go to fight the bosses, there's no save point in the temple. Like I'm thinking of like yeah. Final Fantasy two on the Super Nintendo. Most pretty well every dungeon in that game has a couple of those save points where you can use a tent and like save. This game, a lot of the, yeah. most of the temples don't have that. Like, yeah, you'll you, get the odd one where Neko will be there, but even then, he won't be like right near the boss. You have to go through a few rooms yeah. between him and the boss. Yeah, this game is certainly one that's meant to be played 
with either save states or like, again, the switch version, you can use like the left trigger to bring up a menu and you have three saves in there. And it is, uh, it is well, well fucking worth it. So, um, yeah, I agree with that point. Yeah. I forgot to bring that up. The savings a pain in the ass. Um, getting back to the good. I just wanted to say before we move on from the graphics, not only are the sprites of the enemies in your characters beautiful, but like the backgrounds and the environments you walk around in this game are, are stunning. Like they are just magnificent looking like they're so and like unique. Yes. Like they stand out from each other and they're just so bright and colorful. Uh, like this game is a real, real pleasure to look at. It really, really is. And frankly, I think it stands like you all know, like I love super Mario RPG. I love earthbound. I love final fantasy two. Like those are some of my favorite games ever. And I think this game looks better than any of them. Graphically. I think this mm-hmm. game looks better than any of them. Um, yeah, I'd say it's up there for me as well. Yeah, it's great. Also, the music in this game is really... Uh, a, a couple of times, it gets a little bit repetitive. But for the most part, I think this game's got a really banging soundtrack as well. Yeah, yeah, it's um, good. Not only is the music... Like boss music? Oh, oh. The, the, like, you guys will have probably already heard the boss music. If not, then I'll, I'm sure it'll be the third song I use in this game. I think the boss music in this game is excellent. And I really love just that basic, uplifting, uh, like, happy-go-lucky music that plays for a lot of the, the early, uh, like, exploration parts. Like, which I'm yeah. sure I've already played as well. It's just, like, the music fits the the this, the music fits the, the graphical style of this game to a T. It almost is, like, at times, it almost is like a Disney movie. Like, quality music, in my opinion. Um... I loved it. I, I I wish that I wish that some of the frustrating parts had gotten a little bit of time spent on them because I feel like a vast majority of the the designing of this game was spent on the graphics and the music, which shouldn't be the yeah. priority. But I I will say like credit given where it's due, this game looks and sounds fucking spectacular. Um, well, you have to remember too they are upgrading it from a Game Boy game. Like the first sure. game was on the Game Boy, so like it's a huge step going from Game Boy all the way to Super Nintendo. Sure. I just wish that, like, I got to say, like, I, like I said, I know we've shit on it a lot, but, like, again, just to reiterate it, like, I really had fun playing it. Like, I like the three characters. I actually like the minimalist story about the three characters. I wish there was more story to the game itself. I don't quite know what the fuck was happening. But, like, yeah. as long as I knew where to go, uh, I never found myself bored. I love the action combat more than I like the turn-based menu, pick your attack combat. And I liked how quick it was to hit select and just switch between one character to another as well. Um, yeah, like I, I think the story issues is probably a translation thing. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Like, it, like every character is sassy. Every yeah. single character. Everybody is just sassy all the time for no reason. It's just like, what's going on? Why has everybody got attitude? Yeah. So like maybe that's, maybe that's why like the story is just kind of like nonsense in the translation. Yeah. I I agree with that. That's probably a big part of it. Yeah. Um, and I just, I know I'm kind of going around in circles, but like, it looks great. It sounds great. It is fun to play. I wish the combat worked 15, 20% better. Like the combat, like it feels like they were trying to go with like a link to the past style feeling combat. And it just works half as well as link to the past. 
It's just choppy. Mm. The collision detection isn't great. Your AI partners get in the way. Dude, it can be so frustrating when enemies cast shitty spells on you to make you into like a snowman or put the balloon on your head. Oh. And it's not even hurting you. Yeah. It just basically delays the game for fucking 10 yeah. seconds. Or the, the eyeball that turns into the Moogle. Oh, fuck. Like, it's just annoying. Or the slimes that just... The slimes that just keep turning into more slimes and then turn into more slimes yeah. and turn into more slimes. Those slimes were some of the only regular enemies in the game where I would cave and use my magic on them. Because I'd be like, I'm done in with the this. Game fucking slime. Yeah, I'm done with this. But you know what? I feel the same way about those slimes in like Final Fantasy. There's those guys that are like, they look like they're puddings or whatever the fuck they're called. They look like evil the upside slimes. down puddings. Yeah. I hate those guys too. Um, yeah. But like... Despite all of the criticisms I've made, like I beat the game. I played it through to completion, rolled the credits. I finished it. I think it took me about 25 hours and I don't really feel the urge to play it again, but I also don't regret playing it. I was like, I actually, it was, I, I've never, I don't know if I've ever played a game like this aside from secret of evermore. Like I, and I think secret of evermore is better from what I remember of it, but I, I still, I had fun. Like, I'm not going to give it a bad score. I just, I think it's a, I think it's a, to go back to what I said 50 minutes ago when we started this, I've never liked a game that I don't like more than this game. I think there's a good yeah. game with just way too many, like, it, it kind of felt like it had a bunch of scratches and warts and they tried to cover them up with a bunch of makeup. And I wish instead of that, yeah, they would have just taken time to polish it out, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, that's exactly what it is. It's just like, yeah, you can see the the flaws. The, the, it was cheap makeup that they used to cover up the flaws. Yeah, so you can still see those flaws through that cheap that cheap clown makeup. Yeah, to go back to some, I can't remember what podcast I said this on, uh, but like. They kept putting Teflon. It, it was like they used Teflon tape to fix everything. I don't even know what Teflon is, <laughs> but they kept doing that. And I'm like, instead of doing that, like, I wish you would have just put it back. And it's like, it was undercooked and they just put more ketchup on it. And it was like, just yeah. cook it for another couple of minutes. Like there's almost a great game here. And I know I got messages from you guys. I know there's a lot of members of this community that love this game. And I'm not going to lie to you. It's not one of my favorites. It wouldn't make my favorite Super Nintendo's game of all time list. But I'm glad I played it. I don't regret playing it. Uh, and I'm intrigued by the sequel that everyone, including you, Keegs, keep talking about. Like, I want to play it now. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was for me when I replayed it. Because I beat it back in the day when I was a kid. Don't know how. Like, I guess it was just like, it was my rental. So I just pushed through it. But yeah. like, it just playing it, it just made me want to play the sequel. Because like, I know what was better in the sequel. So it's like, yeah, this is a fine game. But just like... I can see those problems, and then I saw them fix those problems. Right. It's just like, yeah, it's not a bad game. It's got all these shit on it for like an hour, but like I still like the game. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's not bad. It's just, it's fine, but there's just a, there's a better one sitting right there it's on the exact same cart. Yeah. On that collection of mana, there's yeah. a better version. And then they remade the sequel into an even better version too. So. Right. Like, if you're listening to this and you've never played this game, my advice, if you're at all intrigued and you're thinking about it, my advice would be, number one, just cave in and get a walkthrough to help you. It, you you'll, I don't know if you could beat it without. Like, you're going you're gonna to want the walkthrough. Uh, if anything, just to tell you where... That's all I used it for. I used it a little bit for strategy in the final temple, the final dungeon. And other than that, I didn't need it for strategy. I just needed it to tell me how to get to where I have to go next. 
So cave in and do that. Uh, I would rec personally, I would recommend playing it on the Switch. I think it's a perfect handheld game. I think it'd be more enjoyable that way than being taped or stuck on a TV myself. Um, and I, I think it would probably be more fun to play with another person because it is, it is multiplayer and you can play with up to three people controlling these three different characters. And I think even to play it with like a, with a brother or sister or cousin or something as like a kid and have two of you switching between the three characters. I think that would add a lot of enjoyment to it. Uh, yeah yeah even just two people would make it so much better yeah because like when i finally gave up on the playthrough with my frustrations with the ai i watched uh, some youtubers play it and they played through with three people and it was just like yeah all yeah. those little frustrating parts they're just flying through it because they didn't have to worry about ai getting stuck they didn't have to worry about taking each other's big damage hits or whatever it's like yeah. oh hey i'm doing a charge like watch out like yeah yeah. Um, it's definitely, it's a fine game by yourself, but it just elevates it that much more if you're playing it two or even three players. Yeah. Cause one other thing about playing it solo too, I was talking about how easy I found it. One thing I had to do was especially during boss fights, I was constantly just making sure to keep an eye on my two, the two people I wasn't controlling's health because it like, it's super easy to heal because the girl can cast, um, I, I can't remember what it's called. Cure water or something like a water spell yeah, to yeah, heal you water. and you can cast it on everybody. And it, and it does a ton of, of good, like it heals for a ton of HP uh, and it's dirt cheap to cast. You can cast it like almost limitlessly, but it's really easy to, to lose track of somebody's health. And then one of them dies mm -hmm. and bringing them back to life can be a pain in the ass. Cause outside of the expensive revival spell that you don't get till pretty late in the game, you can only carry four Phoenix downs. I don't remember what they're called in this game, but the equivalent yeah. of a Phoenix down, uh, they're like a cup, cup of, of wishes. Yeah. A cup of wishes. Yeah. So you need to keep an eye on your, so like I spent most of my boss fights, like attacking the boss. And then like, it, it was like trying to play with like two little siblings and trying to keep an eye on them to make sure they don't go off and get themselves killed at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so whereas like, if you were playing even with two people, one person could focus on attacking while one focused on keeping everyone alive type thing. So, uh, yeah. but, but I mean, don't let this review sour you on it. And like, again, I don't know if I've ever done a more negative review for a game that I'm going to give a good score to, but it's just, despite all of its little shortcomings, like I really liked this game. I'm trying to think of what to score it out of eight, eight weapons. Uh, eight. Yeah. Eight all weapons, right. eight spells, eight, everything, eight levels, eight, eight hours spent trying to navigate the menus. Like it's, there's eight menus. Yeah. It's fucking eight. Yeah. Um, if you were going to score this thing out of eight, what would you give it? Uh, honestly, I'd give it like a six as much, like you said, as much as we just shit on it for the last hour, it's still fun. Once you're there doing the actual part of the game where you're progressing, it's fun. It's just getting there. That's yeah. just a pain in the ass. And then just the menus for the boss fights is tedious, which is like running around and fighting stuff is awesome. Like it's, it's great. It looks great. It sounds great. It plays pretty great for the most part, like pretty okay. Actually, really not great. No, it plays okay. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I don't. Yeah, I like it's I. Fun. It's I know it's bad radio, but like I kind of agree because like I can't give it higher than a six out of eight. I can't like a seventy five percent. I can't, but I don't think it deserves to get down lower. I think it's a a solid like C plus, maybe a B minus. It's fine. I like if, like listen. If if you ask me to recommend one RPG from the Super Nintendo, somebody this is not gonna be a contender. I don't think this would be in yeah. my top five RPGs on the Super Nintendo that I would recommend to somebody. But like it's it's worth it. It's it's I I had a good time, uh, and I'll be honest with everybody. Not to get into details, 
Um, but anyone that's been listening to the last few episodes of Remember the Game, I've gone through some pretty tough times in my personal life lately. And this was the primary game I played during those times. And uh, like I was, I was looking for a reason to rage quit a game. Uh, and it never gave me one. Like I, I, I finished it and I was like, that was, I enjoyed that. It's a good, not great, but could have been great. I think game. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. So you can see the building blocks there for like really, really solid. And then it's just, it's not that it's just fine. Yeah. The, the secret of mana is that you have to use a walkthrough. That's the secret that they, that you're trying to figure (laughs) out. So, uh, good shit. Uh, I hope we did it justice for those of you that love, Secret of Mana and uh, Keegs, thanks for uh, thanks for giving me a call and doing this, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Keeks, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Secret of Mana with me. And uh, to every single one of you listening to this podcast, whether this is your first or your 186th remembering of a video game, I really, really appreciate you giving us a chance and giving my podcast a shot and listening to it and hopefully not fucking hating it. Um, and to all our patrons that voted for Secret of Mana, thanks for voting for this game. It was a lot of fun. I really liked it, despite the fact that it irritated me. I still really, really fucking liked it. Uh, and if you like this podcast, maybe consider leaving us a good review wherever you listen to it. I don't know. I just, it would help. I don't know what the fuck they do, but I'm supposed to ask for them. It's part of the job. Uh, and if you really like our podcast, maybe consider throwing us a couple of bucks on Patreon. Patreon.com slash remember the game. It's not like I'm just asking you for your money. You get an extra podcast every Thursday, every Friday. There's a rambling idiot podcast that goes live every Tuesday where I just talk about my life and a difference here on Patreon if you're interested. There's over 200 bonus podcasts sitting in our archives. You can come play in our Discord. You can write into the show every week and play, play one, remake one, erase one, and blow in the cartridge. I'll give you a shout out. All kinds of like the best value maybe in the history of the world. Patreon.com slash remember the game if you're interested. And uh, I think think that's it i am gonna get out of here i'm gonna thank some patrons and then i'm gonna go play some more video games but i appreciate you all listening very much thank you i'll be back next week with remember the game number 187 which is gonna be about what i i don't know what it's gonna be about yet it's um it'll probably be about shadow of the colossus it might be about contra it's gonna be about one of those two games i don't know which one yet but that'll be live next week and uh yeah i'll talk to you guys then when i figure out what game it's gonna be take it easy everybody cheers goodbye Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the content I churn out every week without all of your support. The following people support us at the Junior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. And I'm going to take a moment to fuck up a bunch of their names and thank them all specifically and personally. So a huge thank you to... Dave, Makeshift Mallow Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre, Stupid Monkey, Michael Mathis, Joshua Shenfield, Jeffrey Mathis, Keegs in a Stupid Arrow, Handle, James Clark, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Madero, Scott V, Andrew Wright, Gary C, Kate Roberts, They Call Me Badger, Jordan Frazier Burns, Lil Bunny Fufu 89, Matt Brown, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Brandon O'Brien, Wyman Brooks, Scott Brooks, Leon K, Stitch, Aaron Lawson, Matt McLean, Brian Ransom, Miles from BringBackRetro.com, Nathan Tromblay, A Town, Andre SJ, Flash, Tom Kite, Geek Life Radio, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Adam J, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, Christopher Russell. Very cool dude, G9PSX, Tim L, David Schnatter, Silver Grunion, Raging Demon, Poops Loomis, Dino Woodcherall, That One Kid Nick, Mad Shibs, Mercury869, Derek Jane, Jesse Clark, M. Felf, K. Fabe, 5150, TK, Tonky Kong, Wolfgang, Darren, 
Seriously, Ron P, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Mega Man 2, OG, Good A, Dane, Chris Coplin, GC Freak 898, Doogie, Matt McLean, Pizza Power, Too Loud for the Crowd, Trevor Seven Oaks, Ryan McCowan, Paul Zoe, Wolf Magic 21, Johnny CCDC, Joel LeBlanc, Carmichael Nicholas. Holy cow. Squints, 10 Sparkster, Omega 88, Nathaniel Shelley, Explode Processing, Chowdy Laudy, Dan Wagner, Candido, K Cuz, S2 Vaughn 5000, Titan 420, Jose E. Marco, Scarlet, Oprah's Iron Fist, Adam Fair, Russell Aldridge, Chris Dory. Classic Crusade, Karth from KOTOR, Chance McCoy, Ham and Egger, Jeff Bergeron, Ian Watch, Joe Kirby, Captain N, Owen the Game, Furchuck, Game Nomad, Misi, Daniel, Actualpica, Stuber Garrick, Eden Awaits, 1981, Tunable Power, Swanee, Tom Danks, John Woodruff, Inhuman Sumo, Chalupa Cabra, Rocker Dude, Mikey NL83, Just a Fish, Bagalazino, Noob Q, Scientific Wonder Penis, Beth, Stripe 89, Thermopolis, Liam, Denzalo, Spicy Mortician, Eric Shavinius, Holmes, Ryan Gibbon, Zach Shepard, Ballsack, T-Bagger, Chris Dickin, Jay Hampton, Dylan Flora, Jackson M, Matthew D'Amico, Daja 1K1T, Clayton Robertson, Frosty Feet 492, Britt O'Neill, all the good names were taken, Hulk Hogan's brother, Chris Larkin, Austin Cook, Kyle Shreve, Matthew Salmon, Elijah Burns, Nicholas Kulik, Ocelot of Woe, Stephen Parnell, Jolt Addict 21, Aaron Price, Meat on the Bone, Dockabai, Tomicus, Sean Dillinger, Punk Rock Geek. Holy fuck, there's a lot of names. Justin Zabrocki, Frozen Interior, Race N, Wontongo, Brandon Basham, Zach Coiner, DBXJ, Ryan Shimmick, Jameer Williams, Jared Pierce, Steve Dalp, Lone Cart, Gannon 144, Phil McCracken, Double D, Sid's Good Leg, Trav H, Mizuru, Declan McGarry, Nicholas Shafi, David Marcus, Hurris, Dr. Mario, Vaughn, Jordan Salm, Burnout, Doug Keeney, Kyle, 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 Scott Graham, Tyler, Brad Leverin, Aaron Kedvis, Dissect That Film, Phil Lencher, Breadcrumb, Spencer Whitledge, Illegal Amigo 69, Ruben Elizald, Eric James, Tom Arkley, Thomas Child, Big Someone, Sean Turner, Bill Kirby, Lucas Pico, Andrew Picard, Pritchard, Pritchard, damn it, I was doing so good. Paul, Ben Paul, Junkyard God, Sean, Triforce Tony, Laces Out, Dan, Jonathan Average, Adrian Mad Dog Counting, Brad Beardsley, Spazernot, Dabs All Day, William Main, C Spin, Thomas Smith, Chris Pynchon, Ian Keg, Laura Watermolen, Master of Magnets, Kyle Shrek, Mike Hawk, Tyler Smith, Leon, Leon Lashway, Nicola, Mako Revived, Munch Makuchi, DB Muppet, Leroy Westrich, Hunter Martin, Chris Sampson, Eric Scheipe, Duke Nukem 2, Dark Squall, Say Something, Jerry Boulis, Brian Banks, David Carr, Art oh, Arctic Hawk, I was like, what the fuck is that, Artichoke, Arctic Hawk, Michael Matthews, Smitty, Incubus, Luna, JB, Paul Burke, Kurt Edwards, Evolva, Sean Ramos, Galloping Gigolo, Gus Bus, Tris Christopher Tiki, Stud Still Smash, Philip S, and Scott Chapui, I think it's Chapui, sorry Scott if I fucked that up. Holy Christ. Thanks a lot, everybody. You guys are all the best, and I will talk to you again later. Cheers. Goodbye.